You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode 54. I'm your host, Master Weight Loss Coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. Today and every Tuesday, I'm here to coach you and teach you how to end your emotional eating, how to bust through those binges, and how to leave all your overeating habits in the past. So if you just found me, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about the struggle that you may have deciding what to eat, and I'm going to tell you how to deal with it. So get comfortable, get ready to be coached, and let's dive in. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to answer all of these questions that you probably have about what to eat. We're going to talk about how you make choices right now about what to eat, whether they're conscious choices or whether they're unconscious choices. We're going to talk about why it's better to bring this decision back to your higher brain by deciding ahead of time. And we're also going to talk about what happens if you don't decide and if you just decide to wing it and do whatever comes up and just try to be spontaneous. We're going to talk about what problems you probably encounter when you do decide what to eat. And I'm going to reveal my own struggles in making choices in what to eat in the last few years and share with you how I resolved these struggles. And we're going to end with helping you understand what to ask yourself to make better eating decisions going forward. That's your goal, to make it easy. So let's dive in right now and first talk about how you do make choices about what to eat. It's pretty varied, as you know. You may decide what to eat based on what you read in the newspaper or hear in the news or in a book that you read or something you're following on the internet. And you may follow and decide based on what you think is good for you or what you see somebody else eating, or you might just see the visual, a picture of a food or a food in a restaurant or a food in the window of a store or smell something that smells good. And all those things are going to influence your choices. And these influences create a desire in you. It's a want, it's a desire. And sometimes you just want to eat for fun, for pleasure what will taste good right now to you. Some of these ways that you eat right now are very clear and they are on the front burner for you. You're very aware of them. And this is when you think about it ahead of time. And you say, you know, where will I be today for lunch? What will I be doing? What am I most likely to eat? But some of your food choices are going to be unconscious. Like when you see a commercial on television for something, and you suddenly get a craving and you feel like going out and getting it. So sometimes you make your food choices based on your emotions. If you're an emotional eater, you know exactly what I mean. You may choose foods that help you dull an emotion that is uncomfortable to you and that you probably have not allowed yourself to feel in such a long time that it becomes a very, very strong drive to avoid that emotion. You don't want to go there. Or maybe you eat like a child and you choose your food kind of defiantly. And you think, well, no one can tell me I can't have this. Or if I don't eat this, I'm going to be deprived. 
Now, all in all, the way that you're probably deciding what to do can be very, very random with no real rhyme or reason. And if you eat randomly, that leads to random results, very inconsistent results. And remember, we're here to deal with your emotional eating, your binge eating, your weights, all those things related to your eating. So random inconsistent results are not what you want. Sometimes you might be eating for nourishment, sometimes to entertain yourself, sometimes out of habit. All these different reasons, all these different drivers are going to lead you to different food choices. Now, some of them are in your favor and get you where you want to go. Some of them are not. If you want to eat more foods that are helpful to your body and to your life, this randomness doesn't work. I am definitely not saying that you need to be on a rigid food plan, but it really does help to have some guidelines to help you make decisions and to guide you when you choose the foods that you want to eat. Now, right now, I'm guessing that the randomness of whatever happens to come up is the way that you've been going. And when you do that, it can almost feel like you're in the ocean floating around and being tossed around by really strong waves. And you have no say over where you end up. You know, it depends on who you're with or what the restaurant is serving or what they have at the party. It's not up to you, which is not true, but that's what it feels like. That's why I believe that it's really good to decide ahead of time what foods work for you and to have a soft plan for how you'll eat. It's like making one really big overarching decision about your food and your eating, and that decision will make all the small daily and many time a day decisions much easier. So it's not going to matter if you're going to a friend's house or to a buffet or to a restaurant. I have many clients who fear going to restaurants and they worry about each individual meal in a restaurant. But if you have an internal soft plan that I'm just making this up, that for most dinners, you eat some protein and some vegetables and a salad, that simple plan, that simple template can give you tons of choice in terms of what actual foods you'll eat, but you don't have to know the exact foods before you sit down at the table, but you have the overarching plan. You'll know that this is how you're going to do it. So there will be no stress and no big decisions. Now, when you decide anything ahead of time, when you visualize it and you make a plan for what you think you should do, it's always your higher brain that's in charge of making this plan. And this part of your brain is great at making decisions for you, and it has your best interests in mind. So you're good to go if you're thinking ahead. But when you don't pre-think what you'll eat, your lower brain's then going to be in charge, and it's going to choose based on two things. One is the habit of what you're used to eating and the way you're used to eating and the way you're deciding, the habit of what you've always done. It's hard to get out of that. It's like a rut in a road. The other thing that it will be based on, if you don't pre-think what you'll eat, is what will give your brain the biggest reward. And in the world of food, 
The biggest rewards come from sugar and alcohol. So these foods are not necessarily where you want to focus most of your eating time. But if you don't plan ahead, this may be what you end up choosing. Now, there's two problems you might encounter if you choose what you'll eat in the moment without any thought ahead. One is that you may not be acting in your best interest. You'll choose randomly, and as a result, you're going to be frustrated with the end results of eating that random food. Or you'll make emotional choices instead of higher brain choices. And I will give you some examples. Every time you need to decide what to eat. And remember, first, you're always checking in to make sure you're physically hungry. There are a lot of factors every time you decide. And you want this to be a really clean decision based on what's best for you and what your body truly needs. You don't want to be making food decisions based on thoughts of deprivation or fears of not getting enough. One of the most common fears many of us have. You also don't want to let your inner three-year-old child decide for you. If you want to eat something because you think it's not allowed and you're feeling rebellious, you're working against yourself and you are smarter than that. Now, let me give you some of my own examples. I'm going to pull back the curtain and tell you one of my struggles in this area that I only recently solved. I was told years ago after going through many tests and feeling sick for a very long time, very flu-like, that I had a sensitivity to gluten and dairy and soy. I found this out years ago. So periodically, I would go through days or weeks or months when I was very strict with myself and I didn't eat them. Physically, I felt really good. But mentally and emotionally, I never made peace with that fact. I never made peace with the fact that those foods were not good for me. So I'd go on and on for a little while, and then I would rebel, and I would argue with reality, and I would tell myself that I was deprived. Well, what do you do when you're deprived? When I felt deprived, I'd eat whatever I wanted. Bread and pasta and cheese, all those things that my particular body didn't do well with. And then I would repent and clean up my act. But in addition to repenting and cleaning up my act, I also told myself how ridiculous I was and what was wrong with me and why wasn't I being smarter. I really did a good number beating myself up because I knew intellectually what I should do, but I wasn't making a good choice. And this was repeated again and again and again through years. I was frustrated and I was embarrassed that I could not solve my own problem. And then I started to look at my thinking about not eating gluten or dairy or soy. And I uncovered some pretty typical and interesting thoughts. It's not fair. It's just a little bit. It's not going to hurt me. Or... I don't really have any terrible symptoms. Maybe it's not a big deal. And the big main thought always was, poor me, I'm so deprived. I didn't want to face reality because reality meant making a clear-cut decision when I decided what I was going to eat and saying goodbye to the kinds of foods that didn't serve me. 
I couldn't see that this was a decision I needed to make for me, not a decision against me. I wasn't deprived. And when I thought about it, I realized that my health and my energy level and my ability to have full days and be a great role model of a woman who takes care of herself, I knew that I just wasn't walking my talk. So I finally solved my problem when I decided to say goodbye to these foods. And once I made this big decision, all the daily meal-by-meal decisions were easier. Now, do I ever make any exceptions? Yes, but they are rare and they are thought out ahead of time and they have to be really worth it, like eating pasta in Italy. Now, I see situations like this all the time with my clients and maybe you'll relate to this. Many clients who are just like you may have certain foods that don't do well for them. So it's not always an allergy that I'm referring to, but it just may be a food that doesn't give you the results that you want. So think about you, think about yourself. How do you do honestly with sugar? How do you do when you eat bread or processed snacks? Your reality may be that a little bit is fine, but a lot isn't fine. Or maybe your reality, like so many others, is that once you start eating these types of foods, it is really challenging to stop. And yet, you don't want to say no to yourself because you don't want to. You don't think you should have to say no. Like me, you don't think it's fair. And yet, for some of you eating these foods, it's like opening a door that will never close. Some foods, and I'm talking mostly about man-made foods like sweets and snacks and processed carbs, they are physiologically hard to say no to. They are hard to stop eating, and they are designed to be hard to stop eating so that you buy more, and they make it very easy for you to overeat again and again and again. And yet, like me, You may rebel against saying no to yourself because you just think that you should have whatever you want. The reality is that some of us are able to have small amounts of certain foods and some of us will struggle to stop eating those foods. Intellectually, you probably know that it might be easier if you didn't have to deal with certain foods, but you're reluctant to admit that. So let me give you some guidelines right now to help you decide what to eat. When you're thinking about your meals and your snacks, and I do hope you generally do this ahead of time, I want you to start asking yourself these questions. Does this food make me feel good when I eat it? And the next question is, does this food make me feel good after I'm done? This question refers to how these foods feel in your body, not so much how you feel emotionally. Ask yourself number three, are the foods you like mostly pretty natural, not made in factories? I mean the majority of what you eat. You do not have to be a perfect eater and only eat natural foods, but what's the majority of what you eat? And number four, when you eat these foods, are you able to stop? When your body is lightly satisfied, do these foods allow you to stop eating easily or do they physiologically cause you to keep craving more and more? And last, sometimes it's easier to step out of your life and imagine 
that the food that you want to eat is really for someone else. So if you were taking care of someone you loved and you wanted them to eat well and be nourished, would you feed them this food in this quantity with this frequency? These are the questions I want you to get used to asking yourself when you're deciding what to eat. What you eat most of the time is what creates your physical life, your physical body, and your body deserves some thought and energy put into thinking about how you're fueling it, just like you would fuel your car. So here's what I'd like you to focus on going forward. Food is pleasurable, but food is also fuel. If you choose food based mostly on pleasure, you're probably shorting yourself on nutrition, unless you are an incredible cook and can make everything taste delicious. Now, of course, you can definitely get pleasure out of healthy food. I'm talking about that type of instant pleasure that you get from fake processed food. So here's what you can do for now. Keep a simple journal of what you eat for a few days. Now, I don't want you to do this to judge yourself or beat yourself up. I just want you to play detective and see honestly what you're feeding yourself. Is it mostly real food or is it mostly play food? Were you hungry when you ate it or were you eating because you felt some emotion? Did you feel good after you ate or did you feel filled with regret? Little by little, we will come to a plan together and create your own system for saying yes or no to any given food. Are you loving yourself with what you're eating or are you punishing yourself? These are some of the things that we work on weekly in my coaching group, the Freedom Group. I'm taking new members right now, so go to the show notes to learn more and to help you learn what we do in the Freedom Group and whether it might be exactly what you've been looking for in terms of more personalized coaching, support, and accountability, then you might want to take about 10 minutes to listen to another episode I made just for this and just for you. It's called episode 53A, where I will tell you all about the Freedom Group. So that's it on this subject for today. I hope to see you back next week, where we will continue to work on your emotional eating and your binge eating step-by-step until they both become something you used to do because that is your ultimate goal. So for now, this is your coach, Cookie, reminding you that as you search for answers, keep it real, just like you. And I will see you next week.